Hey, everybody, this is Beth, and I wanted to share that this episode is not a Thanks Vember episode. There are two more Thanks Vember episodes that we wanted to have released in November, but because of everything going on around this convention that you're about to hear me talking about, I was not able to get those episodes ready for release. So this is coming out right after I came back from San Diego Comic-Con Special Edition. The two final Thanks Vember episodes will be coming out in the middle of December, and then we'll be back to the regularly scheduled programming. Thank you for your patience. It was quite the month, and that's all I have to say. Enjoy the episode. You're listening to Your Art Friends, Beth Radloff and Andrew Thompson. They're about to have a thoroughly unserious discussion about art. But don't worry, whether you're Da Vinci or Da Worst, there's room on this palette for every color. If this is your first time listening to Creatives Brainstorm, be forewarned, because once you start looking at life like an artist, there's no undo button. Have I told you this? I found out that I am 100% a insecure overachiever. Oh. You ever heard of that? Uh, I mean, I think so at some point in time. Yeah. I was watching a YouTube video of a girl who was like, hey, my entire life I've been go, 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 study, 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 be the best, be the best, be the best. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I had an absolute burnout in my adulthood after I got the job and my labor is just giving me nothing Mm-hmm. And I'm making other people money and suddenly I, I don't like it and I'm not getting the kind of reward that I used to from teachers and yeah. adults being like, good job, good girl, good, good, good. Uh, and like her important work is to be unimpressive. <laughs> <laughs> her important work is to underachieve. Nice. And I think I'm, I'm coming in, I'm like in a weird place in my life where I'm realizing that that's what I need to be doing. Because every time I try to overachieve, it's to overcompensate for, like, a lack of confidence. And I didn't think that I was like that. Anyway. Are all artists that? Because there's part of me that's like, I do relate to that. And I do have a point in my professional career where I definitely ring those bells. Mm-hmm. So you have now made me ponder whether or not I am a insecure overachiever. Well, let's talk about it. <laughs> Hi, I'm Beth. <laughs> and I'm Andrew. And we're, we're your, your art, art friends. friends. <laughs> <laughs> Check-in time. So, uh, how how's your week been? I know we have to explain why that just <laughs> happened. Andrew's taking the reins this episode because I just came back from San Diego Comic-Con Special Edition and my brain is melted Butter, baby. Yeah. My brain is just mushy bananas. Post-con brain? I got post-con post brain. Yeah. And so now this is, and Andrew's the, the ringleader. Yeah. And so I thought it'd be funny if I, if I was, if I read Beth's part. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, how have things been? Everything. Everything. Every feeling that a person can have is how it's been. <laughs> I've just been a up, I've been down. Of emotions. Yeah, I've been a Cedar Point <laughs> in my own head. It's I, I, 
let's do a check-in with you because I think this whole episode is going to be checking in with me. Yeah, I, I've been good. I just got home a few days ago from Thanksgiving and it was really great seeing my niece and nephew for the first time since June. And uh, my niece has become a budding little artist and she was sitting next to me watching me draw on my iPad for like 20 minutes and she was super like enthralled by it. And I decided to stop and I was like, hey, do you want to draw on my on my pad for a little bit? And she was like, uh-huh. And I showed her how to switch from brush to eraser and how to clear a layer if she didn't How want. old is your niece? She's almost six. Okay. And I showed her how to change the brush size in Procreate and I let her go. And she was perfectly content for like 45 minutes until dinner was ready. Just wow. drawing. And What did um, she draw? She drew a bunch of different stuff. She drew a little unicorn for me. She drew um, uh, an abstract piece with a heart in the center that she dubbed Heart World. Uh, she <laughs> drew an ocean. And then there was another one that had like a, it was a, a, a symmetrical design with a uh, big shape in the center that was red. And then the outside was green and it was all like uh, painterly with a bunch of different like paint brushes because she discovered that she could pick different brushes and get different effects. Oh my God, the joy, the yeah. pure, innocent delight of like just making something. Yeah. And <laughs> the funniest thing to me was that she started, she was sitting on the couch drying for, you know, 45 minutes and we were getting ready for dinner and she walks over holding the iPad and there was this brief flicker of fear in me that went that's my entire like life right there and she's just <laughs> holding it and she could drop it at any moment but then logical brain kicked in and was like relax it's fine it's insured it's she's closer to the <laughs> ground if she does drop it it's not gonna travel very far it's insured it's in a case. It's so funny. and so like i'm sure if you were paying attention to me and you like looked at me right in that moment, you would see my eyes get really wide and then like go back to normal. Don't worry. It's insured. <laughs> Hell dude. That's so funny. Yeah. How special. I wonder if you've planted a seed. I don't know. She's been really into drawing. Like my sister a few months ago sent me a series of photos where it was like, so my sister teaches art uh, in middle school and mm -hmm. I like my sister didn't go to school for art. She went to school for education. And then she ended up in this position where she teaches uh, middle school art now. And so when she first got the job, she was like, Andrew, what are some good things that I can like show them? Like, <laughs> wait, so what? Really? Yeah. Middle school art teachers are hired without knowledge of art. In her case, it's a little bit special because she's been around me for so long and knows like so a lot more. Her than resume says anybody. my brother is an artist. No, no, <laughs> yes, and uh, it has a link to my website and store and <laughs> all of that. No, like she's she's always been like kind of art artsy, but not. She she just didn't go to school for it, and um, yeah, yeah. She she knows a lot. She's totally capable. But I did think it was hilarious when she first got the job, <laughs> and so she's been teaching middle schoolers art and she was talking to my niece a few months ago and told her that artists use reference to you know draw from 
you know, photographs from life to better inform their drawings. And yeah. because of that, she looked up a video of how to draw a unicorn for my niece to then follow along and draw. And my sister mm-hmm. said it was a video that was like for like eight to 10 year olds. And my mm-hmm. niece like pretty successfully followed along and made a unicorn that looked like a unicorn. And so she was like, yeah, she's really good for like for her age. So so it might run in the family. Who knows? I hope that uh, you guys can like foster an interest. So mm-hmm. she just enjoys doing this for the rest of her life, regardless of if it becomes a career or not. I think drawing is just a healthy, cool thing to do. Oh, and there's yeah. too many adults who are like too scared or insecure to even do it by themselves mm-hmm. without anyone's knowledge. Keep us. Hey, are you a banker? Keep a sketchbook. Fucking yeah. wine. It's a diary. It, no one has to see it. It's for you. And like, it's cool. Yeah. Plus, I feel like I always remembered things better in school when I had a notebook to doodle in. So you might remember things better if you doodle while you're a bank teller. So Beth just got back from a con and not all sketches can be taken to a fully finished final. And the same is true for this episode. Beth just got back from a con and I'm about to go to a con tomorrow. So it's it's going to be a rougher sketch than normal. This episode? Yes. We're loosey goosey. Yeah. We're going to hang out. We're going to talk about this thing that we're doing now that we're both actually doing it. I am still baby, but now I am one year old baby. <laughs> but first, oh, would you rather? <gasps> oh, I have a would you rather for you. How exciting. Um, He's got the reins. <laughs> 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 Let chaos reign. Um, <laughs> so would you rather experience the stress of prepping for your first con once every mm-hmm. two weeks? No. Or... Have one unexpected but somewhat serious mishap at every con you do from now on. I.e., as you are going to the convention, your card reader falls out, your only card reader falls out and goes in the little crevice between the center console of your car and your seat. That little magical place where you can't reach it and it's not that under black the seat. Hole yeah. Of design failure. So so something like that happens every time you do a con totally unexpected it's not the same thing every time or you experience the stress of setting up for your first con ever once every two weeks this is a very good question (laughs) because the first thing you said the stress of setting up for the con i was like that's obviously the one i will never pick because what you don't know is how bad I felt, how just wretched I felt for days leading up to my first convention to the point that I was like, I don't want to do this. I Fuck this. I'm never going to do this. This is the worst feeling. But then you were like, the, the, all of all of your worst fears, like the reason why you stressed out all that much leading mm-hmm. up to the con actually happens, actually comes true. So if I know that every single time I go to a convention, I'm going to have a catastrophic failure. Isn't that going to inspire the dread? But I don't do a con every weekend or every two weeks as is set up in your fucking horrible timeline. I mean, maybe you're not, maybe you're not aware of the fact that you will experience the mishap. So I've decided that I am going to go with experience the mishap. Because it is it, it is the experience that I have not had yeah. yet. And so I don't know how bad it could be. Guys, two days before the convention, I was a 
panicked mess on the floor trying to figure this stuff out, dude. I like every what if scenario that was going through my head, every possible idea of failure, uh, every questioning one's whole career. Mm -hmm. That's all I was living in. There was no hope. I was at the bottom of the ocean. (laughs) I did feel kind of bad, like leading into the con, because I think a couple of times I checked in and I was just like, so how's it going? Like, how's con prep? And you're like, this is the worst. I hate everything. And I was just like, (laughs) it'll get better. And and in my head, I was like, I really hope it gets better because I'm going to feel awful if Beth comes back from her first con. And she's like, I'm never doing a con again. I hate this. This is the worst. Uh, I'm done with having art friends. I don't need you anymore. (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs) I'm going to become a banker. Yeah. Yeah, dude. It was really bad, and I didn't think it would be. So if anybody out there is uh, any modicum of a performer, then you know the feeling that you have before you step on stage. It's dread. It's just you're it's gonna barf. fear. You're going to barf. You're going to pee your pants. Your poopy is like a weird texture. It's all of all of that. Sweaty pits. Sweaty cash. It, <laughs> that has never been more true. But when you step on stage, mm-hmm. it's fine. It's the lead up that feels so wretched. But then once you're on the stage, once you're doing the performance, once you prove to yourself and everybody out there that you remembered your lines, it all dissolves. And suddenly you're like, this is why we do it, baby. Yeah. And con, the convention was that um, times a thousand for me. And I didn't, I didn't anticipate it. So I guess we're we're taking this would you rather and blending it in. I am ready to think on my feet. I mm-hmm. am ready to go to the convention prepared and to have my my ny- nylar uh, back wall catch fire and burn <laughs> to the ground. I'll That's, figure it out. You know, I said somewhat serious, not like not like dangerous. <laughs> you don't think that would happen? You don't think I could light my shit on fire? No, by I- accident. I mean, I think you could on accident, but I said somewhat serious because I didn't want it to be like a catastrophic thing. Like, oh, you trip, you fall down this thing and you impale yourself on cosplay swords or some bullshit (laughs) like that. You die. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Losing my card reader. I don't know what I would do. I guess it's a cash only booth. Phone suddenly like loses all charge and you have no charging cord. Oh, that would happen. Yeah, I would take it in stride. I'd figure it out. Yeah. Do some some kind of be right back sign and run You're out like, to Mike, Best Buy. Mike, go go do this. Go get this. Husband. Husband, clap clap. <laughs> yeah, I'll take that. I'll I'll take thinking on my feet any day over the irrational constant dread. <laughs> I kind of thought maybe you would go that route, but I had to make it extra extra difficult to choose. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we're going to I, I have some questions for you now that you've done your first con. Mm-hmm. Uh, so first off, and most importantly, did anybody call you sweaty cash? No! Uh, not a successful con. Nothing can be 100%. So yeah. I think our job is to make this podcast grow, and then the sweaty cash will come. Well, you know what? I, maybe I should recontext that and say, thank God no one called me sweaty cash, because if they did, it would be because I gave them sweaty cash. <laughs> and that would be mortifying. Oh, God, that would be the worst case scenarios if somebody like bought something from you and then they like walked away and you gave them cash back. 
And then they came back later and they're like, sup, sweaty cash. And you're like, oh, you listen to the podcast? They're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> would you just like die of my embarrassment heart, right yeah, now? My heart would drop into my feet. <laughs> That'd be so funny, though. <laughs> yeah, no sweaty cash is first con, but there's still time. Yeah. We'll keep it up. One day. The goal for this this show is that one day you'll become you'll be called sweaty cash. I'll step into the pants. Step into those sweaty pants. <laughs> <laughs> so it was your first con. What was kind of one thing that stands out to you as an unexpected but good thing that you weren't uh, planning for? My originals sold more than my fan arts. Why do you think that is? Well, let's get into it. I, my table, Mm -hmm. close your eyes if you're listening. If you're driving, don't close your eyes. Should I close my eyes? Oh, sure. Okay. Imagine a six foot wide space and you walk up to it and you see a table covered in a black tablecloth with a bright yellow runner straight down the middle. It says Beth B. Radloff. Because my name is Beth Radloff and my old moniker is Beth B. Radloff. You get it. Thanks for explaining that. I've got my cute little bird giving you the peace sign underneath it. And on top of the table, on the left, I have a book that invites you to flip its pages. And above the book is a featured bird with a speech bubble that says, My degree means nothing. (laughs) To the left of that featured 12 by 12 print is a grid of six different other birds, all expressing similar sentiments. I buy art supplies instead of making art. My plants keep dying. I drink way more coffee than water. (laughs) To the right of the table sits a large ox man with his chest bare and rats Mm. flying through the air around these trees going up to the right. A mystical illustration and underneath that a bin full of different prints that you can leaf through. If you turn your head up You see a black wall. Dead center of the black wall is another yellow pillar that rises to the sky, and it says Rad Shop. There is a monkey illustrated within that pillar. He is brewing coffee. If you look lower, you will see a monkey disgustedly pouring out the coffee, for he does not like the taste. To the left is that same ox man, bare-chested, looking up towards the sky, towards the moon even, surrounded by his rats. And to the right, a grid of Bulbasaurs, six of which all having different fruits upon their back instead of the seed. Step back, and this is my table. This is my convention table. I have birds, I have boys, and I have Bulbasaurs. Hell yeah. I feel like that was an ASMR description of a booth at a convention because it was very (laughs) well done. Oh, thank you. And I feel like you should add it in some really epic like adventure music that slowly comes in as you start talking like after you like close your eyes and then it's like. This is Rad Shop. So that was my convention table. And when we went, because it's a comic convention, because it's Mm Comic-Con, and Mike and I, my husband and I enjoy to walk around Comic-Con and buy beautiful, um, illustrative fan art, 
I was fully expecting the Bulbasaurs in particular to be doing the best because I have mm-hmm. Bulbasaur sticker sets and these prints. Um, and they definitely garnered a lot of attention. But when you do a starter Pokemon, you're going to get one third of Pokemon fans. <laughs> yep. Right? Because there's Charmander lovers, Squirtle lovers, and Bulbasaur lovers. And if you're a Bulbasaur lover, you're correct. And that's who I want to talk to. So that's why I drew Bulbasaurs. And, and then there's me who loves Charmander. Yeah, there was a guy um, day one and he came around and he had a he had a black t-shirt on with hat and it had all of the fire starters on it. Mm-hmm. And he stopped in front of the booth and he was looking and I was like, oh, man, I told him I picked the wrong starter, didn't I? And he says, yeah, I would have bought it if it was Charmander. And then he walked away. <laughs> Oh, that's fantastic. It was so funny. Oh. That said, they did very well. People liked mm. the Bulbasaurs a lot. Uh, a couple folks bought the whole set, but most folks would buy one or two. Which one was and the that, most popular out of all of them? You know what? They were very evenly matched. Mm. There were three out of six that I think sold equally well. Um but the number one interest driver was the pineapple. Everybody yes. loved the pineapple yes. Bulbasaur. Yep. <laughs> That's my favorite one. I love the face. The just surprise of like, I'm stuck here now on that Bulbasaur's yep. face. But the top three were the pineapple, the grape, and my favorite, the pomegranate. Hell yeah. But what I said, the thing that was surprising was that the original sold better than my fan art. Mm-hmm. And my Oxman, I, I only sold one of my Oxman. And I didn't think that I would be selling a lot of them. I just wanted to see what would happen if I took it. Yeah. Um, but the foul birds, so the the birds with the speech bubbles, those were by and large what people gravitated towards. They loved. I'd mm-hmm. be looking down behind the table and I'd just hear laughter coming closer. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd great. look up and, oh my God, I'd look up and oh. somebody was would suddenly appear and they were leafing through the book just giggling. And it was easy to talk to somebody who was giggling. It was amazing to, like, I don't know. It was amazing to hear people react that way to something that I made. That's um, awesome. And it happened all weekend. So what I'm hearing is that if you and I have our table at the same convention and we are next to each other, they're going yeah. to come to your booth laughing, go to my table, and then leave crying. Because <laughs> I spent all their money. No, no, <laughs> Why are no they because they come up to you and it's the 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 birds make them laugh. Then they come over to me and talk about their feelings. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> okay. That's the dynamic. So maybe not maybe maybe not crying, but they like hit a high and then they get leveled out. <laughs> uh, I'm actually really glad though that you mentioned uh, the guy with the the Charmander shirt or the Firestarter yeah. shirt because. I was actually going to ask you um, if you had any, quote, uncomfortable con chats where somebody or or you overheard somebody say something about your work that you weren't meant to hear or maybe (laughs) in normal circumstances would be kind of mean. But in an environment where you're getting bombarded with compliments all weekend long and then suddenly to hear one person say like, fucking birds or something like that like they (laughs) that kind of evens you out knocks you back down a peg so you don't get too much of an ego nah dude my head's huge because honestly the whole weekend there wasn't one uncomfortable con moment Mm -hmm. yeah there were times where um i got caught up in conversation which might have been like inappropriate for the context but the uh 
this was a special version of Comic-Con where it was much smaller Mm -hmm. and there was a lot more room and no one showed up in my row except for one person. So there was a, my row had one, two, three, four, five, five tables. And there were only two of us who showed up for the convention. That's wild. Yeah. So I'm surrounded on all sides by nothing. So there's no one like if you come to my booth, you're not in anybody's way. Yeah. I'm not stealing anybody else's attention. I'm literally an island in this sea <laughs> of, of empty white wow. tables. Oh, you know what? No, it was seven. There were seven tables because the small press guys next to me took over one of the tables next to them oh. that somebody never showed up for. Okay. So there would have been two empty tables on both sides of me had wow. they not done that. And they invited me to take over their the table next so that we could fill out one half mm-hmm. of the row, but I didn't have enough stuff to do that with because I'd only prepared for six feet. Yeah. So any kind of kind of quote unquote uncomfortable con chats that came from somebody who was looking for a therapist, let's say, mm-hmm. it was fine. I didn't I didn't ever feel uh imposed upon or like I couldn't handle a situation and nobody was mean. That guy who was like, if it was a Charmander, I would have bought, bought it. It was probably the rudest anyone was. And that wasn't even rude. It was just funny. Oh, but I can say the guy who was tabling behind me mm-hmm. farted the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Stinky farts or did you just hear it? We just heard it. And okay. boy, did we hear it. Maybe about five times a day. Every couple of hours, he just let one rip. And it's one of those things where if we were having a bad time, if it was not a, a successful show or if yeah. nobody was coming by and we we're just surrounded by like this fart guy, it would have been like, why are we here? But <laughs> instead, it was just so funny. Oh, that's great. I thought you were going to say, like, oh, if we were having a bad time, at least the the spontaneous farts would make us giggle. No, it was terrible. (laughs) Well, if it doesn't smell like all you're hearing is just like, like from the other side of the the wall. Dude, my my husband's parents were there. So my mother-in-law standing next to me and I hear this guy rip one and I didn't realize it was him. I turned to my, I look at my fucking mother-in-law and I'm like, really? And she looks at me and fortunately she didn't catch that. I thought it was her. Yeah. And she doesn't listen to the podcast, I don't think. If she does, I'm sorry, Mimi, I thought it was you. It wasn't you. It was that guy. Uh, but she looks at me and she's like, whoa. <laughs> so, that guy's having an evening, isn't he? If you could give advice to you from a week and a half ago or even last week as you were prepping for the show, what would you tell yourself? Oh, my God. Calm down. <laughs> You're so, you're so fine. You're fine. You're fine. Even if you didn't have all the stuff, you're fine. Buy a better quality uh, back wall. <laughs> <laughs> Did your back wall, was it not as good as you wanted it to be? When it came in the mail, I was like, damn it. I bought a photo wall. Mm-hmm. Or what, what do they call those? It's not a photo wall. It's a photo photography. I just call them a photo backdrop. I yeah. could be wrong. I bought a photography backdrop. Mm-hmm. And so it's a lightweight metal um, pair of C-stands with like a 10-foot collapsible pole that goes in between. 
And I try to buy one step up from the cheapest thing. Mm-hmm. And I should have bought a couple steps up from the cheapest thing because this piece of shit, <laughs> if you extend the arms all the way, the joints bow. Oh. So it won't be straight up and down. It'll just kind of warble around its its uh, socket. So I can't oh. extend it all the way up without it kind of being very that's, unstable. That's frustrating. And also something that like you can't really know until you experience it. Exactly. So perhaps I can return it and buy something better Um because I was wandering the con and I found a new favorite artist Ooh. who I made actual friends with and we're going to go hang out because he lives in my neighborhood, basically. Do you want to shout them out for the artist this week? Yeah, sure. Okay. We'll do that then. And his table, he, the sa- he has the same story as me. Him and his wife uh, decided they were going to start doing conventions back in the end of 2019. Oh, no. <laughs> Got it all ready to go in 2020, and then COVID hit. It's a dang. Um, but he has a exhibitor booth. Mm. And so he got the full 10 feet high, and his, his photo backdrop stands were, like, so nice. Oh, hell his yeah. His whole thing just looked awesome. And I walked up to it, and I was like, oh, my God, I love you. <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> he was really cool. Him and his wife were really cool. That's awesome. But you know what? Like, I had to buy the bad C-stands. I'm calling them C-stands, and that's just, that's that's a kind of, it doesn't matter. I had to buy the bad photography stand in order to know that it was a bad one to, like, replace it on down the line. So all of the things that I did, I had to have done to have this advice to tell myself back then. I just needed to stop being so sad. It was dark, dude. I really was in a pit of, of... Can I please feel excited about this even a little bit? I I don't blame you. I think if I was jumping into my first con with the experience of like knowing the friends that I now currently have that do cons all the time and have these really nice setups and and me comparing myself to them and kind of looking at it like, oh, that's that's what I have to do. And then on top of that being like, oh, I need to also do this and like a month and a half. Yeah. I didn't have a lot of time to do it. Designing things and printing things and ordering stuff in time to get it for the actual event. Not to mention the fact that the event was on Thanksgiving weekend. Oh, what a terrible thing to do oh to my God. me. <laughs> Thanksgiving was on a Thursday and the first day of the convention was on the Friday. Mm-hmm. And guess what's open on Thanksgiving Day? You're right. Nothing. (laughs) I had no opportunity to get things last minute for the convention. So thank God for my sister-in-law because she was able to go and... (laughs) Oh, you know what? Here, this is the advice that I would give myself. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Don't get drunk on Wednesday at 5 (laughs) (laughs) p.m. Yeah, that's fair. That's... that's... Here's what happened. Peek into my life. So Wednesday, I showed Andrew my office. It's an absolute nightmare mess. It's covered in cardboard and boxes and plastics and prints. Ooh, I, it makes me feel as uh, frenetic as a, a bumblebee to look at. <laughs> but that day, Wednesday, was my technical last day to prepare the convention stuff mm-hmm. because I knew that stuff was going to be closed on Thursday. And then I had to be on the road at 5 a.m., Friday to get to the con, la la. Yeah. So 
I'm just in a race to the finish to get things done on Wednesday. And my in-laws are coming over to do Thanksgiving at our apartment. And it was really low key and they were super cool. But Mike and his dad decided they were going to make Polish pierogies. Mm -hmm. And we had two pierogi recipes that we were then going to take to Friendsgiving on Thursday. And so I'm like preparing the convention and also I have to make pierogies. And I don't know if you've ever made dumplings, but it takes about five hours in the kitchen. I love my husband. He's really good at a lot of things. He cannot for the life of him remember how to do anything in the kitchen. And he tries real hard and I don't know how to help. I don't know how to fix it, but I have to monitor things in the kitchen. Otherwise stuff doesn't get done. So I'm managing this stuff and I'm also in the kitchen spending time with family and going back and forth. The last thing that I didn't do was the business cards. I ordered the business cards Wednesday morning and they said they would be able to have them printed by 6.30 p.m. on Wednesday. And Mm. I was like, perfect. I'll just go and I can pick up some extra clamps. There's some stuff I need. Great. Well, everybody comes over and we're making pierogies, making pierogies, making pierogies. And Mike says, hey, do you want a Bailey's drink? Mm-hmm. Can I make you a Bailey's drink? And I said, eh, sure. It's 4 p.m. I can have a Bailey's drink and still get everything I need to get done done. Yeah. I can't. I can't do that, actually. <laughs> if you give me a Bailey's drink, I'm drunk for the rest of the day, turns out. So I was not <laughs> able to drive to Staples and pick up my business cards. Oh, no. I made all my pierogies. I made pumpkin, sage, and ricotta pierogies. Oof. Mike made dill, potato, and goat cheese pierogies. I turned away for an hour and Mike and his dad cooked almost all of Mike's pierogies, which was not the plan. So when we went to Friendsgiving, I had about 35 pumpkin pierogies to serve and Mike had about nine (laughs) dill, the dill pierogies to serve for a bunch for 15 people. Yeah. I can't, I can't let them do, I need to be there to help. It's. Would you say pierogies are a great way to fix being a starving artist? I'm at a crossroad. Do I choose to lean into this bit or do I remain stalwart? Is it fun to keep saying no to this? What if I just did it? I'm choosing to do it. I'm choosing to do it. Yes. (laughs) Hi, I'm Beth, and you know that. But what you might not know is that I'm a Denik Notebook ambassador. So why? Well, back in 2018, my tax man told me I needed a planner, so I just went into an Office Depot and grabbed a cute one. It was made by a company called Denik, and that started one of the most long-term relationships of my life, because I liked that planner so much, I went ahead and bought five of their Stay Flat notebooks. I signed up for their ambassador program because I was already telling people to buy them. No one asked me to make this ad. I had to look up what they're called, but I just love the classic lay-flat notebooks. They have a Smith-sewn binding so their spines look tidy on a shelf. They're the perfect A5 size, and most importantly, they do indeed lay flat on your desk, regardless of what page you're turned to. I've never had to fight these to get them to stop creeping closed while I'm writing. 
And Denik works with and pays a wide range of artists to create illustrations for their velvety soft covers. So, if you're in need of a notebook, planner, or even sketchbooks, head over to denik.com. That's D-E-N-I-K.com, and enter code BRAD, B-E-R-A-D, at checkout for 15% off your order. That's denik.com. Find your favorite thing there, and then enter code BRAD at checkout for 15% off your order. Thanks. Back to the show. We've been employed by the great artist council, Roy, Roy, G, G, and Biv, Biv, to write prophetic, the weekly artist newsletter. Letter, letter. A super real and secret Secret, publication that proves that art talent is actually just magic magic and the magic. only way to know how to use it is to have a subscription 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 okay for this week's artist newsletter because we are yet again you know coming up on the holidays i thought it would be fun to think of an artist gift guide so gifts for artists yes uh so i'll start us off i have an easy button you know, remember when those were cool and popular? Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh-huh. an undo button, like a con- command Z button. It doesn't even have to connect to their computer or their iPad. It could just be there for emotional support. Do you know how much fun it would be, though, if it could connect to your computer or iPad and it could have the function of undo? So you just smack the undo button. <laughs> That's a very good idea. Why didn't I think of that? Ah! <laughs> it never fails that each week we see someone do something creative that makes us say, why didn't I think of that? So before we move on with the show, let's applaud those who did it first. <laughs> Sorry, I just, read, s- I just read what yours is. <laughs> Beth just wrote down magnets. Magnets. <laughs> Dude, it's magnets. Guys. Are you an ICP fan? <laughs> No, that's not what it is. David Conley was the guy who was behind me at the convention. David Conley, free DLC artwork on Instagram. His backdrop. I look back and I'm looking at these little silver dots all across his backdrop. (gasps) Andrew's making a face. (laughs) Little silver dots all across his background. I'm like, what what is that? And I realize they're magnets. This whole fucking time, I've been over here trying to take fishing line and <laughs> S hooks and try to like suspend stuff from like the mm-hmm. shitty photography stand that I have. And this motherfucker's behind me with <laughs> the best solution ever these little magnets. And so I asked him, I was like, hey man, by the way, he was rad as hell. And he has cool travel posters of a bunch of fantasy locations mm-hmm. and video game locations. But I asked him, what are those those magnets? And he's like, yeah. And he just pulls them apart and he shows them to me and he tells me how to store them and how he uses them. And I, I'm going to do it now. So clever, so smart, so wise, so handsome, all the things. (laughs) That's awesome. So instead of suspending my artwork from wires coming down the top of this thing, I'm just going to get a couple of magnets, which will allow me to affix the work from the front and the back of the fabric 
think mm-hmm. done. I've got an idea of how to slide, how to mount the artwork in plastic or cardboard so I can put the magnet behind the print so it oh, doesn't obscure yeah. the print in the in the front. Yeah. And then I can just do whatever. I can hang them beautifully. Hell yeah. It's so smart. That's awesome. And I haven't seen it before. And I've been doing research, man. Ah, it's great. That's awesome. Magnets. Why didn't I think of that? <laughs> so mine this week um, came from TikTok yet again. And it is a filter that makes things easy when it comes to taking reference. If you need reference of like somebody flying, maybe jumping. Um, what? A pose that, you know, you can't hold on your own at all. Uh, and I found this filter on TikTok and it's called the freeze frame split filter. So it divides your screen into four quadrants and numbers them and in order, it will take a photo just in that quadrant. And then it gives you a countdown before it gets to the next one. So it gives you time to move your body and shift your weight so that you're actually what? standing. So in this video, I found this guy shoots this photo where it looks like he's flying and his feet aren't actually like on the ground, like holding him up. But because of how the filter works, you can actually alternate like, oh, you're balancing on one leg and you stick your other leg back and it looks like you're flying. And then, you know, after it takes that photo, you adjust and then stand on the other leg and then put the other leg back. And I was like, that is amazing for reference because it helps you get the the gist of what you need. Um, It might not be 100 percent accurate. But that's the point of reference. It gives you a clue to make your work more believable. Gotcha. Meanwhile, I'm over here, like, laying on desk chairs and balancing, using my very small ab muscles to try to, like, Superman poses and getting a friend to take a photo of me while I'm doing that. (laughs) Well, thank you yet again, TikTok. So back to the artist newsletter and our our gift guide. Get him one of those one of them cats. Get him a, get your artist friend a cat, <laughs> but not a cat that does the thing where they knock stuff off your desk. No, get him a cat that's like makes you feel nice and sits in the window and is cute. Yeah, and makes it so that when you work so hard all day, lays you in look your down lap. and it's and it lays in your lap. A lap cat. Yeah, one of those. You know, it is it is uh, good to have a studio assistant. Get your um, artist a studio assistant, a person <laughs> who can come over to their studio and, and whenever is needed. I would love a studio assistant. Maybe it's like a prepaid studio assistant where it's like you get your artist friend a prepaid studio assistant where you're like, okay, I've paid for like four days of work from this assistant. You have a them studio for four assistant days. gift card. <laughs> I know you meant the cat, but yeah, let's do the let's make it an actual person who comes yeah. over and does your work for you. This is how brainstorming works. <laughs> it just evolves. <laughs> Starts as a cat, turns into an actual person. Get a cat that turns into an actual it's, person it's and an does animorphs. your work for you. Get an Animorphs <laughs> gift card. It's not for the books. It's for... A real it's life for animal. An allotted amount of time where your special cat can turn into an art assistant. It's really hard for animorphs to make a living these days because they're just they're just not as popular as they used to be. 
No, that's why they have to be cats most of the time. Yeah. Cats don't need a lot, and oftentimes people will just take care of them out of the goodness of their own heart. Yeah. <laughs> Unlike people. Fuck. <laughs> that went in a, in a direction I wasn't expecting, but I'm happy it went. Gifts for the artists in your life. An eraser that never gets that black gunk on it. I hate that black gunk. You ever use an eraser on a nice, clean piece of white paper and then the eraser's like, guess what I want to be? A pencil? I just headbanged in all directions. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So desperately that eraser wants to also make marks. No FOMO erasers. God damn it. Oh, yeah. It is FOMO for the eraser. And the annoying part, too, is like when you use the eraser and it has that black gunk on it and you mark it, on your paper on accident, that shit doesn't erase. No, you gotta get it like an eraser for the eraser's black gunk. Yeah, you gotta get like fucking pull your sandpaper out and sand down your paper. Maybe that's a good gift for uh artist is the eraser that erases the eraser's marks. Instead of solving the problem, we're just gonna make another product that fixes the problem. Because capitalism. Yeah, I <laughs> <laughs> um give them the box set. Of this season of the Great British Baking Show, because holy moly, it was so good. We were just talking about that at Friendsgiving. <laughs> really? It was the best season of the Great British Baking Show I have ever seen. Uh, and it's wonderful, good media to put on in the background while you're drawing. Oh, 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 here's an idea. What if it's just because in that show, like I haven't watched the newest season, but in that show, they're always very like positive and encouraging. What if mm-hmm. you get a mixtape that's just all those encouraging positive like f- phrases just cut out? So it's just like positive those affirmations yeah. from British comedians. And you just burn a CD of that for your friend. So it's just like, you're doing wonderful. The bake is turning out so crispy. Yeah. <laughs> just, just, just stuff like that as you're drawing. <laughs> you're drawing your Zelda fan art. Yeah. <laughs> Specifically, Link cooking a meal. Guys, my brain is butter. I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm if, actually impressed that, like, you knew that. <laughs> like, you, yeah, that's pretty accurate. If you'd asked me to yeah, make that noise, I'd be like, I'm I so, don't know. But I'm so ashamed that you could just say link cooking and, like, the thing that I will do, like a trained dog, is uh, making mouth noises that sound like the song that happens. Oh, <laughs> Lord almighty. Oh, fantastic. What's something that I need? Hey, I'm an artist. Hey, I'm an artist. And what do I need? You know what I literally need? I don't need it. I just saw it today and I feel like I need it. What? Pantone's formula guide for solid coated colors for pin manufacturing. It's probably a better solution than my plan of just kind of. Winging it? Winging it. Like I use the libraries in, in Illustrator and I just pick what I generally think is the right color. And so far it's not led me astray. I should do that actually because it's $188. Dang. For a swatch sheet. Yeah. And if you don't know what a swatch sheet is, it's just a bunch of pieces of paper that have colors on them. Yeah. Why is this $188? Oh my God. <laughs> That's criminal. When I when I left Reebok, I 
would be lying if I said that I didn't think about swiping one of their Pantone books when I left. Think about wink. Um, but at the time I was too chicken, so I didn't do it. <laughs> oh, I take back my wink. Why is it so expensive? It's just information. Yeah. It's like you could just go to it. And it also feels so frustrating because when you get it and you look at it, you're like, this is just if you went to Lowe's and you just got a bunch of paint chips and just stapled them together. And you're like, oh, look, here's a book of colors. But these ones are Pantone, so they're the best ones. What if there was what if there was a knockoff Pantone, but they called it like Pamtone. Pamtone. (laughs) My name's Pam. And I have colors for you. Or, or tone they're, pan. They're all just. T- <laughs> <laughs> and it's just, it's just like the, the, the Walmart like version of Pantone. Tone the great pan. value Pantone. <laughs> tone pan. This here's, welcome to my kitchen. I have five tone pans here. Oh, there's there's an idea. A line of pans and pots for artists called tone pans. (laughs) (laughs) And they have like a white stripper on the bottom. Yeah. They say tone pan in like a perfect circle around the handle so that when you read it, you think you're reading Pantone, but it's tone pan. <laughs> and then it has a bunch of numbers to denote what color it is, but the numbers don't oh, actually mean anything. I changed my why didn't I think of that to this? <laughs> but you That's did so think of better. that. <laughs> it's Topan. Oh. <laughs> oh God, I'm making myself cry. <laughs> it's a good idea. Oh. Hey, Beth. Yes, Andrew. Can we talk about color? <laughs> mm-hmm. Let's do it. Okay. So with cons on our brains, I thought we'd talk about color matching because you just printed your big horny boy for the first time and you ran into some printing issues. I did. My big horny boy, which I should have just called big horny. Guys, everybody's been saying, Beth, don't do it. Don't write Big horny boy number one on the top of Let's your illustri- your beautiful illustration. They're like, instead, call it Ox King. That doesn't mean fucking nothing. Big horny boy. Big horny boy number one. I'm going to stop listening to the advice of my prude friends. <laughs> that got me thinking about why certain colors are tricky to get right. The prints came out real dark, guys. The colors are not vibrant. The prints are dark. I only have about eight of them. They're going to end up being like a special artist proof mm-hmm. run. And I, uh, I have since recolored the entire print. And the, the original printing of it had like some purples and some reds and some oranges and some very nice uh, caramely yellows. Yes. But you specifically had some issues with purple. And purple mm-hmm. is considered like across the board. If you talk to an artist that does anything print related... They're going to tell you that purple kind of sucks. Really? Yeah. Blues edging on purple and purples tend to be really difficult to get right when you print. And I wanted to know why that is. So I found a couple answers online. One was from a like one of those the the Quora site where you just pose a question like anybody can answer it. I also included another one uh, from a, a web post that says five troublesome 
colors to get right during printing. And there are other colors like yellow can be difficult because depending on what it's paired with, sometimes the yellow is too light. White can also be tricky because, again, we're printing in a way where you're not printing white, you're using the white of the paper. So sometimes you can get like a a white that's tinted blue or yellow or maybe red that's kind of weird. Uh, Black and brown can be difficult uh, because sometimes blacks come out too light and they're not rich enough. And then sometimes browns become too dark and are printed like black. And also light blue can be troublesome. Uh, But purple tends to be the one that everyone focuses on. Hmm. And the reason behind that is because of how all of our printing methods work in terms of, you know, laser, uh, inkjet, uh, pretty much every type of digital printing. I'm bored. And I would say even screen printing. I'm falling asleep. Um, Except for the fact that with screen printing, you could print white on onto what you're doing, but it's probably not going to be true white. Um, all those printing methods include mixing colors. And purple tends to be out of the gamut of all of those printing methods because it combines two different colors that are two that end up being like way darker. Gonna fall asleep. But yeah, that is why purple is hard to print. What? I don't Hey, Andrew, ask me why purple's hard to print. Hey, Beth, why is purple hard to print? Hey, dark. It's dark. (laughs) I don't understand. (laughs) Here's what I heard. I heard inkjet, laser printer, and even screen printing sometimes. The colors are dark and hard to mix. So purple doesn't look good. That's what I heard. Well, Beth, if you hadn't had uh, post-con mush brain, maybe this would all make sense to you. Just because I have post-con mush brain doesn't mean that I can't understand that purple's color is hard to print. In terms of mush brain, what what on a scale of, of like mashed potatoes with like still chunky mashed potatoes to like fully blended up like almost glue mashed potatoes where you at in um, mush brain? I have chunks in there. Okay. There's still chunks. I can still tell you about dog breeds. <laughs> Says the person I'm with no dogs. I'm just saying. Hey. <laughs> I'm just saying that when I got my horny boy in the mail, mm-hmm. why is the background black? I put I put blue in there, dude. I took a brush and I went, hey, make the brush blue. And I went, and then I went, hey, God, you know what would be nice? Put a little purple on the brush also. And then I went, over the blue part. Well, what if you could assign noises to Photoshop brushes in the program? So like when you make a swipe, you could have your computer go, then I would be a famous Twitch streamer. <laughs> with my specially that would be programmed. so funny if it was like changed based on the brush. <laughs> like if you had a really chaotic like scatter brush, it would just be like. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> I screamed purple into the sky. And when it came back from the printer, there was no purple in the sky. And I don't know about your ink jets and your screen. I just know that the chunks in my brain say, uh-uh, not right. Well, maybe we can revisit this, you know, off 
off the podcast and we can really walk through this and get into the nitty gritty of it. When your brain isn't as mushy. Excuse me. What I'm hearing from you is that maybe I shouldn't be drawing with purple. Maybe I should just leave the purple out of it and only work with fucking every other color that you didn't mention, which was pretty much you said like yellow was bad and purple was bad and blue was Certain bad. Certain types of yellow, but yeah. So green. Well, it's like highlighter yellow is the bad one. So I should be a green artist? Yes. Okay, so last thing about your experience with conventions. Yeah. How emotional is the whole process? Did I say it earlier in the episode that I have been at every state? Every emotion you can experience is what I've experienced. Yeah, and roller coasters are really fun. You just go, ah! That's right. The cedar point of the mind. I went there and I'm hoping that in future conventions, I do not have the low lows that I had this time because mm-hmm. this was a lot of just first time dread, first time jitters, first time fill in the blank. Yeah. Last night after Mike and I had come home from all three days and we were laying on the couch and we had just finished the best season of Bake Off and we were like in the softest, melty, sweet post work weekend beer mood yeah we had a a conversation about how incredible it is to have made things that people without prompting liked Mm -hmm. that that strangers walked past it caught their eye they came over and they connected to it without me saying anything without them knowing me that's the key that's the thing that's new Because I I live in Los Angeles and I work in marketing Mm -hmm. and I do social media. I've done YouTube videos. I do live streams. I run a Patreon and a lot of these things are kind of face first. I put myself before the art and I've taught myself that people want to support me because they like who I personally am. Yeah. And that's cool. And that's sometimes true. In this case, only three people who came up to the booth recognized me and Mike. But I had over a hundred sales besides those three cases, every other instance, people were just reacting to the work. Mm -hmm. And I have never experienced that before in recent memory, at least like maybe in college, people were like, ah, cool artwork. But I've trained myself to think that my art isn't as important as my personality, I guess. And this was proof that it, it lives on itself as something that people love and connect with. I've had messages on Instagram just recently saying like my favorite purchase from San Diego Comic-Con and they show my birds. Oh my gosh. That's so sweet. So many people were like, I I'm looking forward to seeing you next year because of the artwork that they saw. They want, they want more things that I made, not because I made them, but because they just like it. Yeah. And I get I, like, I'm connected to it, of course, because I am the artist that's behind it and everything, but it, it's a different mindset. And maybe this is, maybe this is like a, a unrelatable thing, but it was really kind of remarkable to realize that I didn't have to say anything or even be there for the artwork to connect with people. Yeah. For it to be funny. Because that's the thing my, my husband told me, like, Beth, you hold yourself to such a high standard. Like, you expect yourself to be a comedian, but your work is funny. Your work is a comedian. 
Yeah. I'm shaking yeah. my head emphatically. <laughs> yes. I didn't think that. I thought I'd have to busk. I thought I'd have to like say the stuff. Also, I think over I just shook my, my head too much because now I'm like, are you dizzy? <laughs> <laughs> Did you give yourself Is a that what it's like swirl? getting older? <laughs> like now that I'm over 30, I can't do that anymore. It, it's a tough thing for me to be like vulnerable and to share these these things. But I really couldn't have asked for more. That's awesome. Like I, I am. And I told you this before we started recording, but I'm so happy for you and how the your first show went. And yeah. yeah, it is. It is so weird because one thing that you just said stuck out to me and it was that the the whole like connecting with people through your work rather than like your face and you. Yeah. And I feel like there was a point a couple years ago where I kind of had that click for me where it was more about the work versus who I was. Yeah. And, and I remember feeling similarly to how, what you're saying. Yeah. And so it's really cool where it's like that moment as an artist where you realize that you are the brand, you don't have to fake the brand anymore kind of a thing. And I'm, and I'm talking about the original work because fan art has its own built in community. Mm Mm-hmm. Fan art, you're indicating to other people that you are also of the mind of folks who like this thing. Yeah. Especially if it's genuine. Because um, there are plenty of folks who are like, oh, Squid Game is really popular, so I'm just going to sell a bunch of Squid Game stuff. Yeah. If you love Squid Game, hell yeah. But there's a lot of people who are just like, money! Yeah. Um, I will never do that. I The kinds of fan art that I promote and do are things that I think are fun and enjoy and myself participate in. Yeah. And so it makes sense that folks would be attracted to to Bulbasaur's if they like Bulbasaur as a starter mm-hmm. or Zelda if it's one of their favorite video games. But then these these bird illustrations that I've done, there's nothing there for them to want to like immediately connect with except for the artwork. Mm-hmm. And they did over and over and over for an entire show. Yeah. Uh, it was really cool. <laughs> yeah, I'm it just tickled pink. It was great. Pink's my color. Sorry, I'm tickled um, yellow. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, you mentioned them earlier in the episode, but do you have an artist that you want to share this week? Your new friend. I do. I made a friend at Comic-Con. It's the first time he's ever done this show. First time I've ever done this show. Kindred spirits. His name is Bryce Coe. And when I was walking through the floor, his setup was the first one that I just like made a beeline to because his banners. So uh, what do I want to say about his work? That it's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I'm looking at it. Uh, He also has a Bulbasaur print. He does. Yeah, he's got a a series of Pokemon prints. I know. So the thing that I love about Bryce's work is that they are slice of life moments Mm -hmm. in time within whatever kind of universe right so his fan art pieces the pokemon ones in particular and these are the ones that mike mike and i picked up we bought the the charmander the squirtle and he has a psyduck one i'm on the squirtle one right now and it's fantastic (laughs) um and what it is is he takes real locations that he's been to uh um the squirtle one i think is the monterey bay aquarium oh nice 
and he's taken like a school field trip of squirtles to the aquarium and every yep. single squirtle is interacting in the space in a real way that like a, a class of children would mm-hmm. there's pokemon trainers who are wandering through experiencing the aquarium oh, there's brock there's and ash and pokemon. misty in the background yeah there's water pokemon all behind the glass live in their lives and everywhere you look there's a story there's a skeleton of a gyarados hanging there are relationships here there's interactions here it's it's grounded and real mm-hmm. and yes it's fan art but it's it's so unique and it brings new life to pokemon that's what i that's yeah. what i love about fan art like that is the one thing i always say whenever i i've taught if a student asks me if they can do fan art or if, if fan art is okay i'm always like you can do fan art, but make it different. Don't do, don't just copy a scene from the thing. Don't just do a yeah. portrait of the character. Like you can do that and study how to paint and, and whatnot, but don't try to sell it. Like fan art that you sell needs to be something that's like different and unique and a fun twist. And I, oh, I fucking love this Squirtle one. Cause like he nails it. The Blastoids is like a chaperone. Like it's yeah. got a little flag just like the the like Pokemon the trainer who's like line. leading all of them. And then the the war turtles are kind of like the older kids surrounded by all the younger kids that are the squirtles that are like freaking out and like jumping into things. And I feel like the war turtles are like, no, 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 you can't touch that. It says you can't mm-hmm. touch that. But they're still part of like they're still in the tour. They're not the chaperones. And it's just uh there's even a little squirtle that's like teacher's pet that's like standing in front of the Pokemon trainer who's like teacher like waving uh-huh. at him and it's it's so cute. <laughs> There's a war turtle who has a crush on the teacher. Every single little squirtle has a worksheet that's the same worksheet and they're going through the aquarium and like writing so down good. the answers to their questions. It's so fucking charming. And I sat and I talked with him and his wife mm-hmm. um, and I found out that she's a teacher. And so now I look at this piece and I recognize that the Pokemon trainer in the head, the teacher, is her. Oh, that's so It's like cool. a tribute to his wife. Um, and all of what's happening here is informed by like real field trips that she mm-hmm. takes her students on in like real locations. There's one literally he has a uh, another Pokemon piece that has all of the main trainers that are at. I found out a Groundworks in downtown Los Angeles that I've been to. <laughs> That's great. Oh, my God. And so he goes and he sits and sketches there and oh. then he just incorporated this. I think I found it. World that he loves. And yeah, it's just wonderful. I really, really loved his work. And Mike and I bought four of his prints. And you know what he does? This what? is the last thing I'll say. His parents play Pokemon Go. And the only thing that they do is they hunt for shinies. <laughs> so he thought it would be funny if he printed shiny versions of these yeah. posters. And you can't buy the shiny versions of the posters. It's a it's a random chance if you'll get oh, a shiny. That's so cool. And at the convention, he had a spin wheel. And so whenever you would buy a Pokemon poster, you could spin the spin wheel. And if it landed on shiny, you got the special edition. Oh, I love that. Isn't that fun? How do you bring gambling to your table? That's how you do it. <laughs> <laughs> you will you will catch and and Get every person who plays Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh, Magic the Gathering, because all of us are suckers for that. <laughs> oh, that's such a good idea. Two thumbs up, Bryce Coe. 
tweet at us at your art friends, just like Catherine J did earlier this week. Uh, we posted a tweet that said, imagine a hypothetical scenario where the names of all colors evaporated and you had the sole responsibility to come up with the names for said colors all over again. Uh-huh. And I posted a couple just solid block colors on the Twitter and oh boy, was I not disappointed by some of the the answers. <laughs> and Catherine J said, I like how the answers range from scientific funny words. And in the case of the two hosts, just outright screaming. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we need more voices on this show. That might have made me laugh a little too loud during my family Thanksgiving and everybody looked at me for a second. <laughs> I did you did we respond to the same color? I I think so. I did cuz I logged in later after you had already responded to pink but your pink one was like, "Yeah." Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, let- <laughs> Let's let's pronounce you posted fuchsia. So let's both pronounce okay. our pronunciation of fuchsia. Okay, let me find mine. Okay. Where's mine? Wait, where'd it go? Oh, okay. I got it. So what's yours? Mine? Hiya! Wait, hi ha! <laughs> Sound like Link? <laughs> like it, kid, does, it really does. Link. <laughs> when you look at a bright pink, it just makes you go hi ha! Mine was a high pitched yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we did the same thing. Pretty we much. We didn't talk about this beforehand. Yeah, we did not. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> and then I then the second one was a green. Um, we don't. I I just wanted to do the um okay the purple. That's just just to yeah yeah to wrap that up. Bloop. Um and yeah and if you want no damn it why do I always do that? You can also email us at yourartfriendspod at gmail dot com. You can find me at Beth Brad all over the internet and guys. This has, I think, put the final nail in the coffin of my old life. <laughs> twenty twenty two is the new twenty twenty, and minus I am the ready COVID. To... Hopefully, oh yeah, <laughs> we're not. Talking... Oh, we don't oops. need that again. You know what I mean? I know. Like what <laughs> the plan of twenty twenty yes. will be implemented in twenty twenty two. I'm finally ready to commit to. Patreon being my job now. No longer is Patreon a thing I'm doing on the side and gets pushed to the side when uh, freelance comes up. No, freelance gets pushed to the side. Patreon is my job now. And I'm going to make independent artwork and content creation and comedy. My, This is it. That's what I do. Hell yeah. You can find me at Schmander Art everywhere on the internet. You can find my website at schmanderart.com. And yeah, that's it for me. Oh, last thing. My online shop is open December 1st through the 13th. I am selling everything that I was selling at San Diego Comic-Con. So if you wanted a bird, a Bulbasaur, a boy, a boy, I've got him for you. Well, 
We've come to the end of the podcast. Sometimes we were serious, and sometimes it was just tomfoolery. Mostly Shout out to famed 16th century jester Tom Tomfool. <laughs> <laughs> That's just what you get when two friends who met because of a shared love of making things in a bare ass hang out together. That's us. I think the chunks are gone. It's all it's all gloop now. It's all gloop. <laughs> I saw something, uh, a video the other day that was like, somebody was like, so my boyfriend made mashed potatoes and he put it in the uh, the immersion blender and it's no! now basically glue <laughs> because it was like oh, so it's thin. it's the worst food. <laughs> it's like, that's hilarious. Never do that. <laughs> oh. Your Art Friends is a Moorpark Media production. Our music is by Andrew Smith. You can listen to his music on Spotify and iTunes under the name Makeshift Radio. 